Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hello there, Glass Talk listeners. This is Pat Flannery. Today I'm joined by Francis Pomerlo. He is the Chief Executive of National Strategy for Pomerlo, um, a company that will be very familiar to all of us, of course, one of Canada's biggest uh, construction contractors. Uh, he is the son of the founder, uh, Hervé Pomerleau. And uh, we spoke today about their, uh, their new brand unification initiative, which is essentially a mission statement outlining the company's commitment to collaboration, innovation, and sustainability. Um, they're doing some uh, sort of interesting and progressive things there. Uh, but mainly we use that as a jumping off point to get into a, a lot of the issues confronting uh, uh, Pomerleau and the industry uh, generally today. Uh, obviously, uh, many things around COVID and the pandemic and the reaction to that, but uh, also uh, larger issues like uh, investment and innovation and uh, supply chain and uh, just all the all the things that are uh, really top of mind for us all today. So hope you enjoy my conversation with Francis Pomerleau from Pomerleau. I'm with Francis Pomerleau from Pomerleau. How are you doing, Francis? I'm fine. Thank you, Patrick. How are you? I'm, I'm really good. You know, I, I, I was excited to have you on because, um, you know, while, while, while you guys are, uh, are not uh, directly a, a glazing contractor yourselves, you're one of, the, one of the biggest customers of all my glazing contractor audience, obviously, a, a, a huge and, uh, and well-known uh, uh, ICI contractor here in Canada. So uh, I, was, uh, I was excited to get you on. And, uh, and I know you guys have a new initiative we're going to talk about and uh and and just uh but, but get into some other things too that might affect everybody listening today um francis why don't you start out just by introducing yourself and well i don't think pomerlo needs any introduction but i guess tell us how things are going at the company these days well th things are are very busy well myself uh, francis pomerlo chief executive national strategies at pomerlo mm -hmm. So what I do, uh, you know, I as, as a business owner, I do many, many things, but more specifically, I uh, oversee communication, branding, government relations, business development, strategic development. We've grown a lot in the last uh, few years. And, uh, you know, we need to, to think ahead of, of time, see things uh, coming, uh, work on developing our own uh, people. That's uh, things that are keeping me busy these days on top of everything else. And maybe a word on, on Pamelo. Uh, yes, uh, many of your listeners uh, know us and maybe some don't, but it's Pamelo is a second generation family uh, business. It was uh, founded by my father in the mid 60s uh, in a small village in Quebec. Mm -hmm. uh, and the company grew uh, over the, uh, the last 55, 60 years. Now we're a Canadian leader in the, uh, the industry. We're top five, six uh, GC in Canada with a turnover this year of 3 billion. And uh, we do building civil infrastructure uh, of all sorts. And uh, people don't know that, but we also uh, own a company called Borea Construction, which is a leader in the renewable energy where we've installed we're installing wind and solar a bit everywhere in Canada. So we're the biggest installer of, of, of that in Canada. So. Uh, renewable, <clears throat> sustainable construction is very important for us. Uh, a couple of things we you need to know about Pramalo. We we love our employees. Every company loves their employees, but we think we love them more than anybody else. So we uh, <laughs> they are at the heart of our success. 
we invest a lot in uh, in uh, in their development. Uh, we also invest a lot in new technology. Uh, we think that the uh, industry is changing a lot, so we invest a lot in innovation. And what, one last thing you need to know about Pamelo: we have a strong strong culture and values, and one of the values is love. And uh, we like to say we're the only construction company in the world that has uh, love as a value. <laughs> that is that 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 is uh, definitely that would be an accurate statement, Francis. That uh, that is that 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 that's a new one to me. So that's great. And, well, and and explain to us how that works. I, that's that's part of why, why why we wanted to get together to talk today. You you've you've packaged up a, an initiative, a, a set of branding, some 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 different messages you wanted you want to get out there. Tell tell me a bit about that. Yeah, well, well, I think with the end of the pandemic, because I think we all agree it's 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 starting to be behind us, mm -hmm. and in the context of economic recovery and the big infrastructures, uh, infrastructure projects that are coming uh, down the pipe, uh, we wanted to position ourselves uh, in a more um, let's say human recovery, uh, more sustainable uh, construction practices, more sustainable projects more diverse and inclusive, and, you know, really act on that, uh, be more innovative, uh, respectful of communities of uh, where we, we build stuff and, you know, be part of uh, projects that uh, improve the landscape, the communities and uh, improves the lives of people. So <clears throat> I think the whole industry now is at the crossroads. Uh, you know, everybody's been very busy during the pandemic, but <clears throat> now it's some kind of a Renaissance, I would say, and uh, why not do it the right way? And it's not something that we want to do by ourselves, not Pamelo that decides to uh, to build more uh, sustainably. I think it's the whole category that needs to follow and to uh, <clears throat> to be in that uh, in that march. And, and I think that's, uh, there's gonna be so much work ahead of us. Uh, why not do it the right way and, and make sure that uh, it's a more sustainable way to, to build things. Hmm. And work together. It's a it's a it's a a, a, a sort of a progressive and a forward thinking uh, type of type of thing you're going for here, certainly at the high level. Um, and uh, you know, I I think that's I think you're right. There's an opportunity here for change, uh, really everywhere in the construction industry. And uh, you know, yeah, I think that that makes sense. You know, why not why not grab it? Why not? Uh, why not try to really do some do some things? So, yeah. as you know, today we're speaking. You know, we're speaking to basically uh, 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 your suppliers. We're we're, we're talking yeah. to blazing contractors uh, today. And and you know, I, I actually was paying attention when you listed the 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 things that uh, that you're trying to focus on. And one of them was collaboration. And uh, so, and, and you know. You, 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 when you when you get when you get contractors and and, and glazing contractors uh, uh, out out to one side, you know there 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 can be a lot of gri griping about about what what each one or the other one does, right? What, what tell me, Francis, in your view, what 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 are the barriers to collaboration between the the, the trades and the sub trades that, that that you see? What 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 is out there now that 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 makes it harder for people to work together than it really should be? Well, I think it starts with. And we're having this discussion with a number of, of clients these days. It starts with the the right delivery mode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, everybody uh, owners. We're meeting lots of owners, private and public. They want to have like ESG, uh, sustainable uh, development uh, consideration uh, projects. 
uh, a, you know, innovation. They want to use the, uh, the uh, creativity of the industry. And uh, in some cases, they, they go lump sum lowest bidder. Uh, right. That, that's, that, there's a con- contradiction, contradiction right there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a number of, of, of new delivery modes that are being, and this is a wide spectrum of them. Uh, lump sum is, 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 is one. Uh, it's, it's good for a certain type of project, but if you want to change things, you go P3, you go design bill, design bill finance, uh, models where you can have, and that's the message we're, we're, we're carrying to our owners, uh, try to involve us and our suppliers, our trade partners, as early as possible in your process. You'll see we've changed. We're more sophisticated. We're more innovative. We're creative. Uh, we have better means. We're, uh, uh, we're, we're highly sophisticated now, especially in the, in, in the case of, of glazing. It's, uh, it's always highly innovative. It's always a big feature. There's always something new there. And uh, these guys should be involved uh, earlier in the process and because they understand how things are built and how things last. And if you want to, to, to make sure that uh, these projects are sustainable, they include a number of items such as diversity inclusion, make sure you, you use the right delivery mode. And, yeah. uh, and we could talk about the, 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 you know, the, the merits of each of them for hours, but I think you get the message here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, and you know, and, and, you know and, and is it buildable? Is it installable, right? It would be yeah. nice to know that before you've, you know, come up with this great idea. Uh, you know, that's, that's always. And, and also, I mean, glazing is very important in the uh, life cycle of a project. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it something that's going to last uh, 10 years or 40 years or 50 years, 100 years? And how will it affect the uh, energy cost, the, uh, the sustainability of the building? It's very important. And these guys, they know, they're the suppliers, they know what, what they can bring in that, in that process. Yeah, things think, things we really need to think about, and that's going to. I, I, while we're on that topic of collaboration, um, you know, I, I I saw an interesting seminar. I, I didn't really know much about this, uh, but I saw an interesting seminar by um, uh, uh, well, some lawyers who were talking about the new as uh, C, uh, CCDC contracts uh, for for commercial glass, and and that and that was not glass commercial project. And that was one of that was one of their focuses in that was to try to you know remove these write-ins and 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 get things in their proper categories and have have all the have all the points checked so that there wasn't so much confusion uh, uh, when when you have to look at the you know thirty nine pages of endnotes uh, yeah. at the end at the end of these things. What, what do you think about it, Francis? Have you had a look at it, or do you do you think this is a, the right way to go with? Uh, yeah. Sort of Absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, well, first of all, I'm not intimate with the details of uh, what's being discussed, but no one is. From, <laughs> yeah, but from what I heard is except uh, for the lawyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I think the the, uh, the the guiding principles here is is collaboration. I mean, yeah. you have to come up with contracts that are more relational, more collaborative than conf- conflictual. And that's what we've been dealing with for uh, for for decades, for for centuries, uh, and uh, and like I said, the delivery model is is the vehicle of a delivery model is is good contract, and a good contract should make sure that uh, there's some 
exchange of benefits and, and risk and the right risk allocation and the, the download of all risk to, uh, to the, the, the following uh, level, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very bad because somebody tries to do that at their level and, and, and nobody wins. Yeah, it, it, yeah, absolutely true. It's, it's that uh, it's, it's, it's getting, getting the risk where it belongs, right? Absolutely. All, yeah. all the time. Moving on to the next one was innovation. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I love this because I can just move into all my little pet issues that I like to talk about. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 you know, it, the, the thing, the thing when you talk to the big, the big brained, you know, global economy pundits about the Canadian economy uh, mm -hmm. and the thing that comes up in general, but also specifically in construction is, uh, is, you know, this, this lack of growth in productivity, this lack of growth in, in innovation and technology, uh, even compared to the Americans and then certainly yeah. compared to Europeans, you know, we, we, we haven't, we haven't uh, uh, made those, those big gains over the last, oh God, 50 years, 60 years, you know, yeah. uh, that, uh, that, that, that have been going on elsewhere. Not that there's been no gain, but it's just been less, slower, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't been enough. And, uh, and uh, well, I mean, I don't know if you agree. I mean, do, do, do you, do you, do you see that that's been a thing? Uh, and, and if so, if so, why, if so, what can be done? And if so, what are you guys doing? Well, it's, it, yes, it's been, it's been a problem, not only in, in the Canadian construction industry. I think it's, it, it was a global thing, you know, and, and, and let's say five, 10 years ago, we could, we could say, you know, uh, if we build the Empire State Building again today, we would probably do it pretty much the same way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and cars were invented in the same years and they are not made the same way today. So, and, and, but things are changing, you know, um, you probably, I don't know, maybe some of your listeners have heard of that, but McKinsey, uh, five, I think five years ago, came up with a very extensive, a comprehensive, uh, uh, study on productivity in construction and they made very uh, clear statements and they said you know you guys are some of the among the least productive industries uh, and they compared us to uh, fishing and, and hunting and agriculture you know right like, and, and as opposed to I don't know like finance banking uh, communication uh, manufacturing and uh, it was a big eye-opener uh, and it and like like I said big big because of many reasons, lack of, of, of uh, you know, uh, of, uh, of uh, technology, lack of, of innovation, wrong contractual arrangements and environment and all. Uh, but things are changing. I would say in the past five years, change in our industry has changed more than the previous 50 years. Mm -hmm. And the five years ahead would change more than the previous uh, five years. Uh, which is a good thing. So in terms of uh, technology, in terms of approach, new contractual modes, but innovation has, has, been, uh, has been very, uh, very interesting. We, and, and at Pamela, we're trying to, to, to uh, keep ahead of that. But, you know, uh, technology is, is available around us. And now we're starting to see very good application in construction, uh, AI, Internet of Things, um, you know, electric equipment more than the gas equipment, um, driverless equipment. Those are things that are coming. 3D modeling, digitization of construction. I, I think it's it's something that's 
it used to be, you know, a big thing five years ago. Now it's like your high school diploma. You need to have things digitized, but it's the point zero of new technologies. But you're starting to see robots. Uh, and also a number of things uh, of these innovations are driven by labor shortage uh, that forces you to, uh, okay, we, we're, we can't find masons. Maybe we should come up with some uh, robot, uh, robot uh, that uh, lays brick. Yeah. And that's that's coming, you know, and, and uh, it's it's not going to be resolved in, in the labor shortage will we'll probably be there for for a long, long time, maybe forever. So a uh, number of things are changing. The industry is changing and not everybody knows that. And, and if your listeners are from the construction industry, they will agree with me that they've changed a lot. They've increased the technology and uh, from the outside uh, you know, the rest of the population probably doesn't understand that it's changing that much, which is a good thing. Yeah, it finally, it, it seems like the the software thing is, software generally, is finally mm -hmm. starting to bite in uh, on construction and yes. actually actually bite into the processes uh, uh, more than it, it had. And it, it had certainly been lagging what it had done in other industries. I mean, I used to, I used to work in a, a, a machine. I used to sell machine tools uh, in the mm -hmm. automotive industry. And, 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 you know, the whole reason we have cars today that, that, that are so much more fuel efficient than the, than the old vehicles is because they can machine the cylinder bores to tighter tolerances. And, and the only reason they can do that is because the computers are faster that run the CNC yeah. machine tools. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, it's like those sort of, it's those sorts of things that have, you know, they're finally now, like you say, like the, the building envelope modeling, you had to get those computers up to a certain amount of juice before you yeah. could make that fast enough and easy enough for people to use that, yeah. that, that everybody was going to be in on it. Right. And I would, I would add to that, that, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, our industry is creates lots of waste. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I mean, uh, construction waste, but we realize now that the biggest waste on a construction project is, is data information. Mm. Yeah. And uh, for, for too long, uh, all the stakeholders have been working in silos and let's take the, the case of a uh, glazer. Uh, you know, imagine if all the information you built on the project uh, you build up is shared to the next stage. Players yeah. uh, come in and they have to start again. And the, the guys behind them, they have to start again. Once the project is finished, the owner doesn't benefit from all this information. Yeah. They, they get as built drawings and that's it. And they, they manage the, the, uh, the project as you know, the best they can. But now we're realizing that's like BIM model, modeling. You have like a 2D, 3D, 5Ds to 7Ds where you can use this information from one trade to the next. Uh, from from the owner's idea to the cons uh, to the design to the construction and to the management of the building, so um, it's it's happening. You were talking about the automotive industry and the, all this information is transferred from one one stage to another, but it's not so much the case in construction. Yeah, no, that's that that that's a great point. Uh, uh, economist called uh, data. Uh, value in, in terms of value add is 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 literally the most valuable commodity in the world it's not, a new not oil uh, not gold not you know yeah, exactly it's a new uh, oil <laughs> yeah it is it is it is literally the, the the most valuable thing you can have yeah. great points 
sustainability. Um, you know, that's all we've been talking about, uh, certainly on, on, on energy efficiency on the buildings for, for years. The next step is going to be embodied carbon. Um, that's, you know, it's already in California. Public projects have to give LCAs. Uh, and it, I, think, I think some jurisdictions in BC are doing it too. Um, and of course, that always, everything radiates from the West out across, yeah, exactly. the, yeah. out across the, the rest New of ideas. the continent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, so, so uh, what it, what's, your, what's, what's, what's your general feeling on this, this tightening of energy efficiency standards? I mean, you know, Canada has this whole plan to, to, to try to meet this net zero requirement by 2050. And, and, and there's a, a lot of things going on at the code level and the standards level around that. Um, threat or opportunity for, for you guys and for the industry, uh, Francis, and, uh, and, and how, are you, how are you reacting uh, to that? I would, I would answer uh, opportunity uh, without any hesitation. I think it's, 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 it's uh, I think we need to get there and it's a good thing we're getting there. And, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's a well-known fact that the buildings are big uh, carbon users or, you know, uh, they, 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 they burn a lot of energy. Uh, they need to be more efficient. The way they're built, the way they are in terms of the, the you know, the type of material we, we pick and the way they're managed. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a long thing. It's, it's a, you know, a building has a, hundred year history uh when you you know you build it it, it lasts uh, two two years you need to be to do it the the right way to have the less impact as possible that's where you have lots of impact um the way it's built the materials you use uh, make a big difference in the uh in how much energy you save in the uh in the way and, and if you uh if you have like the best um curtain wall and everybody keeps the uh the windows open uh yeah. you're not Doing your job, so it's it's like a so it's a, it's a whole process, and uh, it's been overlooked for so many many years. Uh, now we're, we're we're realizing, you know what? If we do it properly, we we can have these buildings, uh, you know, to be sustainable and net zero. And and you know, you hear that from um, the federal government; they have a huge real estate park, of course. But the big private real estate companies they, they they're coming up with their own net zero plan they want to retrofit all their buildings and the new buildings they're they're they're, they're building they they want them to be a good example of that so uh, but for us it's a great opportunity to um, uh, to bring um, forward our our uh, you know creativity or innovation especially uh glaciers i think they're they're a big part of that equation yeah absolutely going to be and and, and are and have been yeah. um yeah. how much how much demand are you getting for very high uh, uh energy efficient buildings right now like when you when you look at your orders coming in uh uh is that uh is is that always on everything or is that some and not others or how, what, what, what sort of percentage would you say uh, more and more i would say uh, probably half of the building i think we that last time we checked probably half of our building have some sort of certification lead passive house and and, and all these, these these classifications uh but uh you know lead used to be a very exotic yeah. thing now it's mainstream and and some of the lead practices are like daily practices um uh, but I think um, give us another five years, and every 
new project will, they already do, but every new project will have very strict um, um, processes and, and strict uh, requirements in, term, in terms of sustainability. And, and as for ourselves, uh, we're, we're in the process of being certified ISO 14001. Oh. Uh, and, and we'll be amongst the, the first uh, construction companies to do that. But, oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be a that'll be another feather in the in the cap there for sure. That's good. That is that is good stuff. Um, I can't have you here without uh, uh, the little COVID talk, uh, Francis. That's that's all that's all there that's all there is these days. Give me uh, give me uh, an overview of uh, of how the company did, how how you how you managed uh, uh, through this crazy craziness. Uh, I guess what was the what reactions did you guys take? Well, um, I would say, and it's probably the case of, of many, most most uh, companies in our industry, but when this whole thing started, we didn't know what would happen. I mean, at, at all level, I mean, from personally in our family and our businesses, and uh, that was the end of the world, right? Uh, and, but uh, you know what? It's It's been just overwhelming how, to see how much um, the industry has adapted to that. And I think that the fact that in our industry, there's a very strong culture of health and safety. We were able to uh, deal with that. And uh, it's just amazing how construction workers, suppliers, uh, trade partners, owners, and everybody got together and, and, and dealt with that. And, and the, the proof is that, you know, uh, nobody ever said that construction sites were vectors of, of uh, contamination there. There's been a few cases here and there, but it's, despite all that, uh, things have, have kept going. And for us, uh, we've never been busier than the last uh, 15 months. Uh, we picked up lots of work um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 there's lots of infrastructure projects in the pipeline that are always starting. We had a good backlog before we got into the, the pandemic. We lost a couple of those projects that were on the ice and start again. But uh, coming out of this, the whole industry, I think, is stronger. Uh, we are stronger. And, um, you know, that's in uh, the pandemic has accelerated a number of changes, you know, working from home, mm -hmm. using technology, uh, being able to uh, face um uh, hardship and get together. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been very good for our industry. I mean, it's, it's very strange to say, Yeah. Uh, but uh, the other, the, the one thing, I guess it's going to be your next question. Uh, what do you think about all these price escalations and everything? Yeah. Uh, of course, manufacturing has slowed down in the last year and a half. And now there's a huge demand worldwide of, Everybody's chasing the same two by four these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say that we'll probably reach the peak of that. Um, the um, the uh, manufacturing is, is catching up, picking up, and there will be some kind of equilibrium, some balance in the demand and, and offer uh, very soon, which should stabilize uh, prices because yeah, it's right now we're, dealing with uh, price escalation and delays and and supply in the supply chain but it's good i think it's going to be adjusted soon that's the number yeah. that's the number one risk i've been worried about is is inflation uh like yeah, exactly actual inflation uh yeah. you know not a temporary 
you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but structural inflation. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you wonder, you wonder with the, you know, the amount of pent up demand and the amount of investment, you know, maybe some of these suppliers need to catch up, you know, yeah. I, you know, you don't know. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, I think they will. I think they are catching it. Like you say, it feels like it's peaking, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's always uh, it's it's highly you know uh, our industry is highly fragmented. There's so many players, mm. suppliers, and all. so there's always like a some kind of an adjustment that happens quickly. And I'm you know I'm and don't quote me on that. I don't have a crystal ball, yeah. uh, but I think there will be a, some kind of a equilibrium soon, okay. and that uh, I don't believe the prices will go down but at least it will be that will be stabilized and maybe come down a little bit i don't know but i i remain uh optimistic we have to because there's so much work ahead yeah well that's just it yeah it's got it's got to get done somehow and everybody has the everybody has their problems to solve on, yeah. on some on some specifics uh, 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 what have you been hearing about aluminum or or, or have you had uh, anything uh everybody's able to get enough of that and, and glass, I guess, are the two big ones. Well, I, I don't have any specific answer to, to give you on that. I'm sure your listeners, they just know what that. my people are telling you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why you're here. But I know it's a, I know that's a, it's a, yeah, like a, so some of this, these material, uh, any uh, metal, steel, aluminum, yeah. there's a, there's a big delay and it's just a huge demand. And in the U S there's a huge demand and uh, I guess they're serving themselves first, <laughs> and, then <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we get the rest. <laughs> so. Well, you can't you can't blame them you can't blame them for that, I guess. Yeah. Um, one of your one of your uh, job titles that you uh, that you had was uh, government relations. So you're the perfect guy for this next question. Um, uh, (laughs) you know, well, and we, you know what, and we touched on inflation and, and, and one of the, one of the things people are worried about is, is, you know, if there's, if there's, uh, uh, too much stimulus and it's not necessary with all of the demand that's already there, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we could, we could end up driving, uh, you know, good old 70s style inflation and, and, and eventually end up with this situation where you have to raise interest rates, which would just be a shot in the head to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, um, uh, uh, what, what, what do you, what do you think about that? What should the government be doing at this point, uh, for the industry, uh, if anything? Well, I, well, of, of course, uh, infrastructure spending or investment, I call it investment, mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. First of all, if you want to stimulate recovery, stimulate the economy, there's nothing like construction, infrastructure. Right. It's, like I said, it's a fragmented industry and you create good, high paying quality job right away, instantly, the next day, everywhere. And on the whole supply chain, so it's it's very good for the economy, right? Right there. Maybe it's old economics, but I still believe in that. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, do we need to spend on the infrastructure? Well, I look at uh, the aging infrastructure in Canada and also in the U.S. Everything has been built, and the uh, there's been a huge wave of. New construction uh, in the 60s, 50s, uh, 70s, uh, and there are 60-year-old uh, hospitals and bridges. They are, you know, in, in bad shape. So we need to to uh, renovate them and update them. 
but also there's been a growth of population uh, and economic growth everywhere. So we need new hospitals, we need new roads, we need public transport more than ever. Uh, and the, this, this, despite the COVID, the, uh, I think urbanization will, will keep, keep happening. So you need more, more infrastructure. So you need these, these equipments to improve lives of people and, and, and you know, to function. And if, if, if people have to commute two and a half hours to get to work, uh, I don't think it's, 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 it's good for the whole society. If you have good public transport infrastructure that bring people from point A to point B, uh, quickly, I think it, it helps the population. So everybody wins from it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you, um, on the, on the, um, you know, the, 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 the changes and the, and the things that are going to change, um, how, how, how worried, if at all, are you about, uh, commercial real estate, uh, use of office towers, you, you touched on urbanization, um, you know, I, I, I look at the, I look at the towers in downtown Toronto full of bankers and I go, there isn't a single person in there who needs to be there. They're all yeah. the, like, and, and if COVID has, 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 you know, driven anything home, it's that, you yeah. know, there isn't a single person that absolutely has to be there. And you go, what happens to my industry? What happens to you guys? Yeah. Right. If, if, if this becomes less popular, what, 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 what are your, what's your prediction? Well, they, they, uh, they, they need to, need, I mean, as a real estate developer, you need to understand what's happening and what has changed. Uh, and I don't think that's the end of, of, of real estate. On the contrary, I think it's going to be a different type of offer. Uh, you know, here in Ottawa, driving this morning, I, I just drove through the whole city and there was a bunch of build, empty buildings. Yeah. And they're all working from home. And uh, I don't know, I think they're coming back in 2022 or something. They might have a problem. But in the case of Pramlo, for instance, in the last year and a half, I mean, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've hired more than 400 people. Mm. And now we're talking about returning to our offices and we're saying, oops, <laughs> we, need to, we need some more space. And, uh, and, and companies will do like we do. We're trying to um, maybe we'll need some more space, but we're trying to do uh, rearrange, uh, you know, have clean desk policies and, and we're going to go uh, towards a, a, a half, uh, you know, three days at the office, two days at home and kind of uh, things. Uh, so, um, and, and, you know, there's a number of other things that are affecting uh, real estate, you know, the self-driving cars, uh, you know, it, we, we will need so, so, so many uh, uh, parkings and, uh, you know, yeah. real estate will change because of, more of, of social changes and technological changes, I would say, than the future. And, and you have to understand that because when you build something, it takes, you know, uh, from the, the idea to the completion, it takes five years and the world has changed. So we need to, 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 uh, to see what's coming. But I would say uh, there will be some changes, and I, but I couldn't tell you exactly what, how it's going to happen. But We'll still need space we'll, to, to work and, uh, and apartments, bigger apartments for, for to keep an office. <laughs> well, I actually see, I actually see ironically um, sort of uh, uh, more commercial activity in smaller communities uh, yeah. maybe outside of, yeah. uh, of, uh, of, of, of big cities and, and more demand for multi-unit in, in mm-hmm. smaller places, right, than we've ever seen before. Absolutely. And, 
and more demand for uh, uh, low-rise office complexes, maybe multi-use complexes. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, uh, possibly off the beaten trail a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, would you guys be able to react to that sort of demand? I, I, I suppose it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a problem. You just have to uh, yeah, but the, the question is, um, you know, I think uh, as long as we're in it, you know, we're going to probably wearing masks for a while, and we're going to be in in the COVID aftermath for uh, a couple of years. Uh, let's say five years from now, ten years from now, whoever is uh, you know five years old today. In 15 years, we'll be 20 and get into the market, uh, you know, labor market. Everybody will have forgotten what, yeah. what happened in 2020, maybe, unless there's other <laughs> other viruses around. But, yeah. wow. uh, you know, it, when my point is in 10 years from now, uh, will we say, you know, let's go back to uh, to offices and let's go back to uh, downtown. I don't know. I, I'm, round I'm, and round I'm, it goes, right? But, you know, it, people get used to that especially we've discovered now that we can work from anywhere and be as productive and just show up uh, less than, than usual. Yeah. Well, and I, I, and I, the other point I liked of yours is that, that uh, with the, with one of the big changes in the COVID is, you know, we went for a long time with municipalities cheaping out on their infrastructure and trying mm -hmm. to get away with not having to raise taxes to pay for it. Right. Yeah. That, that was the big, especially in the 90s, that that just became a, a religion. And mm -hmm. and and if, if if COVID has done anything, it's knocked it's knocked that out of its rut, uh, I think. And, and now there's this willingness to, 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 to let the money flow and, and get these improvements made that have needed to be done for so very, very long. Right. Yeah. So and good examples of that are senior homes. Yeah. School. You know, I think hopefully we'll have learned from that and uh, we need to have better built uh, senior homes and hospitals and, 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 uh, and schools uh, to face to the next pandemic I, I, well, or, or, or any, anything else that happens. But um, it's an investment. It's not an, a, an extra spending. Awesome. Francis, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, but uh, we, uh, we have limited time. And uh, I, uh, I, I really want to thank you for, for joining us today. Uh, I, think, uh, I think that's an interesting conversation. I think you guys have, a, have, a, have, a, have an interesting vision. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, it sounds like you're, you're, you're well positioned for, uh, for whatever comes next, or at least you're trying to be. Yep. So, that, <laughs> so, so that's, 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 that's good on you. Anything else you want to touch on before we go, Francis? No, well, uh, thank you for 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 this opportunity to uh, to talk to your uh, listeners, and um, you know I, I I'm very optimistic about the the future, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see all of these changes happening in our industry uh, finally. Thanks so much to Francis Pomerlow from Pomerlow uh, for this uh, for his insights, and uh, we'll uh, see you all next time on Glass Talk. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.